How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kopik and Lester Munson. Sports Court time. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopik. Welcome once again. We're joined, of course, by ESPN legal analyst, the best in the business, Lester Munson. Sports Court brought to you by our great friends at American Taxi Chicago's number one, put that in bold type, number one, suburban taxi service for you people in Arlington Heights, Kenilworth, Lake Forest, Glen Ellen, whatever the case may be. When you need that taxi in the suburbs, there's only one way to go. That's with American Taxi. Mr. Munson, greetings. Welcome back from uh, Key West, Florida. Talk about... uh, this rather uh, interesting case involving retired National Football League players and their failed effort to sue their own attorneys. The uh, these guys are really angry, Chet. They they went to court because they thought that Gene Upshaw and the players' union had somehow gypped and defrauded them out of royalties that were coming in because of work they had done when they were playing football twenty, thirty, and in some cases forty years ago. They had a very good lawyer. The guy managed to get a verdict from a jury in San Francisco of $27 million. They later settled the case for a total payment of $26 million. It was a triumph for these old players and the lawyers who did all the work for them. And then they were so grateful, they were so thankful that what they did is they sued the lawyer for malpractice, saying he shouldn't have he should have got them a hundred million dollars instead of twenty six million dollars. And now, uh, as we are talking here today, the judge who was presiding over the malpractice case against their lawyers has dismissed the case, and he's dismissed it in such a way that these older players really now have almost nowhere to go. Who was? The retired ball player or ball players who were the uh, spearheads behind this to sue their own attorneys the uh, the two leaders of this group were Bernie Parrish uh, and herb Adderley, uh, two great players two of bright their guys. era, no question about it, and both of them felt that somehow the union had deprived them of what they had coming. They did a lot of work on the case. Parrish actually was thrown out of the case because of various things that he has done that irritated the judge. But Adderley was the leader of the group. They had a terrific lawyer by the name of Ron Katz uh, from Los Angeles who did a great job for him. And I- I've got to tell you, I never thought they could win this case. And they not only won it, they won $26 million. Now, tell me about the theory being offered. And I've heard this uh, previously going back over the years, that uh, the late Gene Upshaw who was in charge of the NFLPA for a number of years as its executive director, did at times show prejudicial conduct toward white football players. That is one of the theories of a lot of these older players. Bernie Parrish is the guy who is on record saying that he feels that Upshaw definitely went out of his way to stiff, to defraud the older players, most of whom were white. Uh, He did that on behalf of of the current players, most of whom are black. I knew Upshaw reasonably well. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I actually uh, 
spent a lot of time losing a, a card game that he called Spades, <laughs> some sort of big racial statement, I suppose. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with him. I, I don't really think that that's true, but there is definitely among the older white players that feeling that this is what happened to them. While the National Football League talks about the expansion to an 18-game schedule, look at Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Look at this year in which uh, head injuries have become a way of life. NFL uh, clamping down, at times uh, offering up uh, ridiculous fines. The uh, penalty given to uh, Sue from the uh, Lions for the push on Jay Cutler I thought was uh, the theater of the absurd, given the fact that it was a legitimate uh, football move. How uh, uh, hypocritical, and we've talked about the hypocrisy of the National Football League for literally years. How hypocritical does the NFL look right now when it says, we are concerned, we are deeply concerned about the health and welfare of our football players when they want to expand to 18 regular season games? The, uh, that would be the worst thing that could happen to the players. I think you and I have watched these guys for a long time, Chet. We know that the NFL's concern is selling tickets, renewing television contracts, making money. It is the single most profitable enterprise in the history of sports anywhere in the world, and it's because they focus on one thing, making money. Players come, players go, players are expendable. The only reason they say they're concerned about players is they have to say that to sell their product. If they said anything else, uh, sales would flatten and they would not be happy. Lester, my uh, Dumbo Move of the Week award goes to uh, number four from uh, Kiln, Mississippi, Brett Favre. Uh, the streak ends at 297 ball games, uh, which in my opinion is not all that far removed from uh, Joe DiMaggio in 56 consecutive games. Uh, Brett Favre does not play Monday night at Ford Field in the uh, Vikings game with the uh, Giants. Uh, one day later, he's online selling footballs. Brett Favre Two ninety-seven for five hundred bucks a copy, and, and and the man wants our sympathy. It, it does amaze you uh, what goes on here. I, I uh, there's always somebody with a new idea to sell a new product, and I suppose we should have seen this coming. You don't think of Brett Favre in those terms. Now we do. So mm-hmm. now maybe we're seeing the real Brett Favre. Uh, but why would he do this? How could he have been that ready for it? I don't know. It's it's like. Uh, you know, Pete Rose selling the autograph, $25, $30, whatever he can get. Thank goodness for him, his name is Pete Rose. If it was Nomar Garcia Parra, <laughs> he couldn't sign it as quickly, and he couldn't make as much money. <laughs> That's a tip to all mothers and fathers out there. Yeah. <laughs> name your son Tad. <laughs> yeah, and then if they become a famous ball player, they can sign an autograph in about 11 seconds. <laughs> hey, my friend, um, why do I have this Zapruder film-like feeling about the roof caving in in uh, Minneapolis at the uh, Humphrey Metrodome, which, as you know, the late great happy warrior, Hubert H. Humphrey, would have thought that ballpark was so cold and so sterile, he would not have ever wanted his name attached to that ballpark. The Fox cameras just happened to be focused, just happened to pick up the roof collapsing. I'm sorry. In my opinion, this is November 22nd, 1963, comes to pro football. I I must say I agree with you. Maybe it's because we live in Chicago and we are suspicious of anything any public figure. Oh, we're does. conditioned to believe in the fix. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the we know that Ziggy Wolf wants a new stadium. We know he's right on the edge of either getting it or moving his team, and this comes along at exactly the right moment when, amazingly, the entire venue is empty, 
If that had happened during a game oh, or during gosh. a practice, we would have a tragedy of incomprehensible magnitude uh, on our hands. It, it's like a Chicago restaurant fire. It happens when the <laughs> restaurant is closed, <laughs> when there's nobody in the building, and all the records are in the trunk of the owner's car. You know, we can laugh about this last year, but seriously, if that, if that roof with its partial collapse does transpire, the riding that would have occurred with people leaping over each other, trying to get out of that ballpark, where the corridors are very, very slim, it's a very narrow, it's a, it's a very old-fashioned ballpark, even though it does carry a dome. I, I'm, I'm going to post an over-under right now. You would have had 10 people die. Oh, maybe even more, because there would be total panic that people don't think clearly in those situations. When that snow starts coming in, you're thinking it's going to start landing on me in the next five seconds, and you head for the exit. People would have been trampled. Everybody would be running over everybody else. It would be an unbelievable tragedy. And we'll see what happens now. Now, all of a sudden, are the public authorities in Minnesota going to give him what he wants? This is going to be interesting. While you were down in Florida, I was thinking about this. Um, Tom Ricketts actively seeking uh, state funds to uh, renovate uh, the friendly confines. Next year, in my opinion, Ricketts will go to personal seat licenses. I think you can mark it down. After 2011, PSLs will become a way of life at Wrigley Field. Boy, that would be uh, something new in the world of baseball, and it could happen because um, I, when he made that request, thought it was a very reasonable request. The, we, we have invested public money in the White Sox venue. Mm-hmm. We have invested a fantastic amount of public money in the Chicago Bears uh, for Soldier Field. That investment of taxpayer money probably doubled the value of the McCaskies uh, franchise. Uh, he was making a fairly reasonable request. The money is there. I don't think it's going to hurt any resident of Chicago or Cook County in any major way. All of the taxes would have come from hotels and rental cars. I, I thought he made a reasonable request. So if he if he has to go to PSLs, I, I suppose we have it coming. You know what alarms me a lot more than uh, Ricketts asking for public money? Is I'm driving by uh, Soldier Field uh, this past Sunday before the Bears uh, were shackled by uh, Brady and the Pats to pick up my press credential and my press parking. Lester, people who paid good dough to get PSL parking licenses around Soldier Field, $50 in cash to park your car. Yeah. $50 in cash at a facility a facility owned by the city of Chicago. Right. Uh, and I suspect... Even, even, even the gougers around Cubs Park don't have the uh, the no. guts to charge 50 bucks. <laughs> that, that is true. And, and it is such a terrible place in terms of its location. If you're going to go to the noon game... You have to leave home at 9.30 just mm-hmm. because it's going to take you that long to work your way through the traffic and find a parking place, even if you have the credential, even if you have all, all the advantages. It, it, it's a terrible place. I, I, if you were to rank all of the NFL stadiums, this is in the bottom three or four. There's no question about it. My friend, before we say goodbye, uh, give me the first story you think you'll be working on in 2011. I think the first thing I'm going to be working on in 2011 probably will be the Lance Armstrong investigation. I have a feeling that something is going to give there. They have turned a number of his teammates against him. Uh, Jeff Nowitzki, the agent, uh, one of the amazing crime fighters that I have ever encountered, I think he's getting ready to do something, and we could have that probably in the first couple months of the year. Do you have any reason to believe right now that Armstrong was not dirty? I have no reason to believe that. In fact, I, I would be embarrassed if I tried to say that to somebody. I, I, there's no reason to expect that. And 
they, they now have him set up for a kind of a perjury trap, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think he's in trouble. So will this suddenly make uh, Floyd Landis, the guy who called out Armstrong, into something of a quasi-hero? It's going to be hard to make Landis into a hero. <laughs> say, um, that'll take he, some he, doing. He, that would take... Who, who's the greatest PR guy you can think of? Put him on the case. It still might not work. He is Lester Munson. I'm Chad Kapik for our technical operator, Dan Levy. This has been Sports Court, brought to you by the Suburb... Sub, Dan, you can fix that. Brought to you by the uh, Suburbs Premier Taxi Agency, American Taxi, John Coyne's American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. Until then, take care, everybody. So long.